The following is brought to you by the Leave It in the Ring Podcast Network. All boxing, no filter. Greetings and welcome to the Boxing Esquire Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast presented by The Ring and RingTV.com and distributed by the Leave It in the Ring Network. It was my pleasure to have as my guest on this episode the editor-in-chief of Ring Magazine, Mr. Doug Fisher. We spoke about uh, how The Ring Magazine and RingTV.com are are faring during this uh, pandemic. Uh, We also uh, undertook the really uh, difficult task of making mid-year assessments of the traditional year-end categories such as fight of the year, round of the year, KO of the year, upset of the year, and fighter of the year in this time of COVID. Um, Also discussed the upcoming boxing schedule, uh, previewed some of the bigger tentatively scheduled fights such as uh, Lomachenko Lopez and uh, Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce, which, uh, you know, both of us think uh, is going to be an awesome fight. So, uh, you know, really great conversation. Always love chopping it up with Doug. Uh, hope you enjoy. So it's it's my uh, distinct pleasure to have once again on the Boxing Esquire podcast, uh, my editor, and uh, the editor-in-chief of uh, Ring Magazine and uh, RingTV.com, the distinguished uh, Mr. Doug Fisher. Doug, uh, thanks for having me, or thanks for being on the uh, Boxing Esquire Thanks podcast. for having me. <laughs> right, thanks for having me. So, yeah, man, uh, how, how are things? You know, I got to ask just, you know, how are things in California and how are things just, you know, in, in, in the pandemic, to, you know, 2020? It feels like things are... are gradually getting back to normal but but just in these uh these small steps um there's you know there's certain you know restaurants have have begun uh to to open up although i heard that they were gonna close the bars again Mm. um because of a spike of um covid19 cases um but I've gotten used to it. I mean, I you know I work from home, so I'm used to doing that. But I've gotten used to to being at home with my wife and our two girls, and um, it can be trying at times. Um, I cook more often. Um, you know, during these uh, same here. Summer my months, wife I'm, is loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point, my wife said, "I'm not cooking anymore." <laughs> she got she got upset. You know, she was cooking, and and she expected the girls to. Um, sit down at the table and get along and, and the girls aren't, you know, used to spending the entire day together. And they're just at that age. One is 12, the other is 16 and they bicker and they fight. <laughs> and, um, they were fighting at the table. And my wife said, that's it. I'm not going to cook just to have you two sit at the table and just respect the table and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and bicker instead of eat. And they weren't, you know, they weren't sitting down on time either. You know, they, they've got their, you know, their social media or their, um, the the 16-year-old's got social media, and the the 12-year-old, she's a gamer, and that's how she interacts. You know how kids back in the day, they're on the phone with their friends all day, right? You know, especially during the summer months or whatever. And now it's like they they play games. You know, it's like interactive games where they're in the same game, but they're also just talking about what's going on in their lives, and they create their own characters, or they have these, um, you know, uh, apps where they can uh, draw together and make little animations and stuff like that. 
so that she, they're doing that and um you know it's so it, it upset the wife and so she's like she didn't like say you're you you have to cook but i feel like one of the parents should cook <laughs> so, um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm cooking the majority of the time and uh been grilling and uh it's fun, you know. Uh but it takes time, you know. It that takes time away from from work, which it's good and it's bad because the nature and and I'm sure you understand this as an attorney. Um but it's and it's the same thing with um the editorial field whether, you know, you're a journalist or editor. Um you're there's there's never there's never any like there are no real office hours you know you, right. you you know even if you have an office it's very easy to take your work home with you uh, and I have a home office and the news cycle is twenty four seven the boxing world is twenty four seven even when there's you know even when there's no fights on the schedule there's still stuff happening right, right. and um, it can just suck you in. And it's like, you know, the boxing world, you know, if you if you're part of the industry as as you've been as a manager and as a as a as a writer journalist, um, it just kind of pulls you in. That's also your community. Right. And so you could just like you could stay connected to it, you know, most of the day and most of the night. So it's good when you have your family and, and family responsibilities to pull you away from it. Um, but also, you know, it can be challenging when, you know, like say you're, you're putting a magazine to bed, right? It's like the, you know, the deadline for sending a completed magazine to the printer is ticking away and you need to kind of be 24 seven. Then it kind of, it, it, it's a challenge and all when you've got your family on top of you right there. But, um, you know, for the most part, I've, I've been okay with, uh, with the quarantine and the lockdown and, and, um, you know, I love my family and I like being around them. So it's been good. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, not having live boxing on the schedule, um, it, it kind of forced the editorial board of Ring Mag- Magazine to to get creative. Well, actually, not just the, the magazine, but also the website, you know, OK, what kind of daily content are we going to come up with? And, and so you know, we, we kind of uh, went into our archives with uh, the Best I Faced series and uh, the, the new faces and the greatest hits. Um, and then we started doing new ones with fighters who are not retired or in the Hall of Fame, you know, but but accomplished boxers um, from around the world. And that content um, resonated with our, our readers, you know, so we didn't we didn't lose traffic with the website, which is a good thing. And with the magazine, um, we did special issues, you know. So we had the, our Four Kings special edition, and we followed that up with the uh, Gotti Ward tri- trilogy special issue. And um, Friday, we we put to bed the uh, the Mike Tyson special issue, and pre-orders are going really well with that. Just just as they did with um, Four Kings and the Gotti Ward issue, and the online sales were very strong, and we're expecting the the online sales of um, the Mike Tyson issue to do really well, but subscribers are happy. So we, we've lost, we haven't lost any subscribers and, um, the sales from the online shop have been through the roof. It's like, you know, 200% increase or 250% increase 
in the sales of not just the magazines online, but you know, just our overall merchandise uh, from the e-store. So that's that's been good. It's been it's been good for us. And we'll probably it, you know we we learned a lesson you know that um, there's a there's a thirst. Fans have a thirst for stuff that you know for the for boxing's past, and it can be. It doesn't have to be ancient history. We don't have to go back to Sugar Ray Robinson. Although we will do a, a Sugar Ray Robinson special next year, um, but um, you know, Mike Tyson hasn't gone out of fashion. The public's fascination for Iron Mike has not abated at all. Uh, in fact, you, you could argue it's as strong as ever. Um, and um, just going back 18 years to the 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 Gotti Ward trilogy, folks have very fond memories of that. And if you weren't a fan at that time and you discover that fight, then you're into it. You're like, okay, I can see why folks were into the, this this friendly rivalry and, and this three fight series. So um, we're going to do more of those next year. Oh, that sounds great, man. Yeah. Sounds great, and it's always good to hear that the ring, you know, is 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 you know has sales going up and all that. I mean, it's it's obviously you know the well, we have to. <laughs> we always, you know, what when you're a magazine. Hey, when you're a magazine, you have to justify your existence, and that's. I mean, I I just. I've embraced that as part of my job is to be like the cheerleader to the company that that owns the ring. And that's Oscar De La Hoya's um, Golden Boy Promotions. And for the most part, they're positive, you know, with the ring. And definitely um, Oscar is supportive and the president, uh, Eric Gomez, is supportive. And obviously Bernard Hopkins, who's a part of the company, as a former fighter, they get it. You know, they know how special it was when they were on the cover of the magazine or when they were fighter of the year. Or when they received the Ring Magazine championship belt, you know, so they understand from on that level. Um, but there's always there's always people, you know, there's numbers crunchers and just corporate weasels that are kind of like, you know, let's let's, you know, they see it as competition. I imagine they see, you know, just the 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 company's budget for the magazine and the website. They, maybe they see it as competition and they they don't want that competition. You know, they want those funds for themselves or. Or whatever, which is typical of any company. You know, there's always going to be those type of machinations and and that type of opposition. And you know, you just you just have to let the company know, hey, we're doing well. We're we're um we're creating a product that people want to buy. And um, you know, I think I think you know, as you probably understand, you know, being an attorney, um. You know, for any company, especially in the last 20 years, their intellectual property is a big part of that company's value. And right. yes, Golden Boy Promotions has their library, and I'm sure that counts as IP, as internet intellectual uh, property. But to own the ring and, and its archives, and that logo, and that that brand, and even like even the rankings, even the ring rankings, that that's a brand right there. Right. Um, that has value. Because, I mean, how many rankings go back to the 1920s? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't mean, think. None. Know, I mean, I don't, unless Boxing right, News exactly. has it. <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah. it's like, I mean, that's that's something right there. That's special. And I think, you know, as we count down to 100 years, and that'll be February of 2022, we're going to be digging into the archive, you know, more and more, not, you know, with, you know, with the, the ring special issues. Um but, you know, you know, we'll we'll be coming up with other content, you know, video content and online content that, you know, commemorates, you know, 100 years of boxing. And we'll, we'll start doing it 
um, you know, on a monthly basis, maybe even a weekly basis throughout 2021. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a reminder to people and just, you know, how synonymous that that Ring Magazine brand is with boxing itself, with with the history and the heart and soul of the sport. Absolutely. 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 Well, hey, man, I brought you on and it's it's kind of a, a, a funky podcast to do. But, um, you know, th- this is the time to do that mid-year review. Um, you know? <laughs> it's what I, I usually do. It, yeah, it's really it's been six months. That's that's crazy. We're right at the end of June. So. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, this it's 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 been obviously a, a crazy year on just to be on this planet. Um, but, you know, in the yeah. sport of boxing as well, just things got truncated, you know, things just got cut off like right after, uh, you know, right around mid-March and have slowly yep. started to, to make their way back. Um, so I've compiled, you know, I, I try to compile lists as the year goes, um, a running list of, of – fight of the year candidates and round of the year candidates and, you know, KO of the year, upset of the year, fighter of the year. Yeah. So I have a few from, from earlier this year, um, you know, that, that I had on the fight of the year, yeah, fight of the year list. Um, I guess I'll start, uh, January, uh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to sure. ask you to email me this list after this <laughs> podcast so we can have it just so I get a head start on the year end awards for this year. And hopefully, you know, there's, you know, significant matchups can be made in the fall and, and winter quarters of 2020. Right. And, you know, we, we get more candidates to add to that, but oh, I'm absolutely. wondering how realistic is that? And I, yeah. that's something, you know, when we sit down and, and plan our editorial schedule, you know, we got through the summer months with Gotti Ward and Mike Tyson, you know, just, you know, okay, we're going to do a special issue. There's there's no live boxing, but we've had, um, you know, one month of, of boxing returned, you know, with the top ranked series. Um, and Eddie Hearn is, is returning uh, and uh, Golden Boy is returning in late july with the the virgil ortiz jr headline show um jorge linares is returning um but for the most part you know it's not it's not world class it's not elite level matchups and fighters that are on added to the schedule yet you know we we're we're told that lomachenko lopez will will find a home and and we'll we'll, you know there'll be a month and a, a a a venue Right. Announced by Top Rank at some point, and I guess that'll be an ESPN pay-per-view. Um, we're told Canelo will return this year, although we don't know what level of opponent he's going to get. You know, and, and in fact, I saw something on Fight News where Eric Gomez was saying, "Well, it, he's probably going to return at 168 pounds since the, the Golovkin fight can't be made." And he was he was telling Fight News, "It's not going to be it's not going to be a, a fellow champion mm. at, at super middleweight." So what does that mean? You know, so, okay, you know, and, and then I guess um, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. That's an elite fight. Those are those are elite heavyweights, you know, but there we don't have a we don't have a month. You know, we don't have a, a, a date set yet. You right. Know? So it's like geez, it's not a right. Everything really, is, I mean, we've got like two and a half months to pull from. Every, everything is tentative, right? Like uh, Loma Lopez, I think they were saying September 19th, but uh, that's tentative. Um, we hear that Errol Spence. Where, where, where they were they still trying to place that in New York City? 
I can't imagine that they would. I mean, even though things have calmed down here COVID-wise, I mean, it's just like everywhere else. I mean, it, it's, it hasn't gone away. And as soon as they open things back up, people are going to start getting sick again and they're going to have to close it down. I mean, until they get, honestly, right. uh, until they get like, you know, some sort of treatment or, or some sort of vaccine, um, I don't really know how, how, how you can bring crowds back, you know, and, and exactly. I think, you know, boxers are going to have to, and promoters are going to have to figure that out and just say, listen, you know, I mean, I, I know you'd love to have a big crowd and, and, and all that, but it's, it's, we don't know when that's going to happen. So you're either going to sit on the shelf or we're going to have to start having some of these big fights. I mean, Loma Lopez, you know, um, and you had Spence Garcia, I believe, Danny Garcia, um, Right. It's been talked about. Again, we don't have any dates. And, yeah. and PBC, I know there have been a couple of good fights talked about, but again, nothing yeah. nothing set in stone. Nothing officially announced. Nothing. We haven't had official announcements. And the thing right. is, one thing you know that ha- has become abundantly clear with this Top Rank series, this Tuesday and Thursday weekly series, is that at any given moment, one of these fighters in the main event could test positive, e- even if right. they're asymptomatic. So we had that with Michaela Meyer, and we had that with Jamel Herring, and maybe somebody else, or maybe well, maybe even, somebody else had to be pulled because of uh, their trainer or somebody. It's a, a part manager, of yeah. Manager. It was uh, uh, Lapierre, wow. yeah, Michael Lapierre. Oh, right, yeah. that was it. Yeah, yeah. So right. Uh, so I mean, imagine. See, that could happen with like a, a, a big time fighter. Absolutely. You know what I mean? In a huge, you know, in a in a fight that's going to be a pay per view, and that oh, what a disaster. Well, not so only even, that, too, I mean, you know, after they're announced. <laughs> right. And I mean, you know, talking about Canelo and this may be what's affecting it. I mean, you're looking at, you know, I think, you know, they've they've set up another travel ban for for the EU. Um, and the EU yeah. is also set travel bans as well for people coming from the U.S. or, or where have you. So fighters who are on different continents, it's going to be very, very difficult to make those fights. Um, and, and obviously Canelo, you know, at 68, I mean, unless he wants to fight someone from the PBC, which I would absolutely welcome, I think, you know, either Caleb yeah. Plant or Benavides would be great fights for Canelo. Um, but other than right. that, I mean, you know, you've got Callum Smith and, you know, Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, mm-hmm. those fights just might not right. be makeable. Although, you know, England, right. England is not part That's of true. the EU, but I would assume they're going to, to, to follow uh, any edicts that, uh, that the EU is, is doing. So, yeah. I mean, Joshua Pulev, I mean, you know, how's that one going to happen? I mean, <laughs> that's another one that's kind of tentatively scheduled. Pacquiao, you know, right. Pacquiao's, you know, got a lot of people, it sounds like, in the sweepstakes. They're talking to Crawford. They're talking to <laughs> Mikey Garcia. They're, you know, they're talking about Golovkin, you know. I mean, there's a lot of names being yeah. thrown out there, but, you know, just nothing, <laughs> nothing definitive. So... So yeah, the rest of the year, I mean, you've got you've got some some interesting, very obviously the the big names, you know, want to want to get at it, but you know, how's it going to happen? And you know, how are travel bans and and no crowd and all that? You know, no gate. I mean, it's there's there's a lot to consider. So it'll be interesting. That is. Be interesting. But let's get to let's try this, Doug. Let's try this. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off a couple fights that I had down on my list and you tell me what which one you, you think maybe is at this point the, 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 the best candidate. So January, I thought that the Daniel Roman uh Murajan uh Ahmed Alia was just a very skillful fight. Um very yeah. tight fight, could have went either way. Hotly, um, I agree with you. Hotly contested. Hotly right. contested, you know. Right. I, I felt bad when the, the ratings committee 
um, voted to drop Danny Roman from number one to, to number four because I thought, gee, that fight could have gone either way, you know. Oh, but absolutely. That's, that's the way it is. That's that's the way it goes. You win, you lose, and if you lose, you got to drop. You drop in right. the rankings, you know, unless unless the decision was controversial or you know you you um you know you were close to you know stopping your opponent a few times and you know for whatever reason you didn't get it on the cards or they turned it around on you or whatever but um that's just the way it goes but yeah bold real a bold fight from both guys both 122 pounders that was that was quality yeah i mean i you know just with aquandalia i mean relatively young guy i mean i know with these eastern european guys they they're ambitious and certainly their management and promoters are ambitious as well they they just throw these guys in the deep water um, and that one was almost too deep, you know, but, but, so, you know, he, he just showed it, you know, what, what kind of a talent he is by beating a really, really yeah, solid he can swim pro in deep Vermont. Water. Yeah. Yeah. 12 rounds. He I mean, really he was can. gassing he a little bit a... at the end too. <laughs> oh no, that's why I, yeah. And I scored some of those late rounds for, for Danny Ramon. And, um, but, uh, the, the, um, Akmal, how do you, how do you say his last name again? Um, I would say Akmadalia. Everyone calls him AK. Yeah, Akmadalia. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's right. Akmadalia. He has a, a an interesting style. I mean, that's oh, yeah. a that's a difficult. I think, you know, even a seasoned pro like Roman, I think it takes him six or seven rounds to get to get used to that, to 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 be you know to acclimate to that that kind of style and 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 really um, you know attempt to put it on him. But uh, he, the dude makes for good fights, and I like these guys from Uzbekistan. Um, a lot of them are training with uh, uh, Joel Diaz in uh, the Indio Coachella area of the of the Southern California desert, and um, they seem willing to, you know, you know, whatever. They get like eight or nine fights, and they're like, okay, let's we're ready to fight the best <laughs> in the world. And it'll be interesting who answers the call. You know, I think a lot of these guys are going to have to become. Uh, mandatory challengers, as I believe um, AK was with with Danny Roman. I think he was the WBA mandatory because um, they are they're they're a handful. Absolutely, absolutely, and they don't really have. But a that's sh- a candidate. I, I, yeah, that's for sure. one of your candidates. Fight of the year. Yes, sir. Definitely a candidate. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If- People remember this fight. It was I don't even. I, it might have. I forget which network it might have been on, or maybe I caught it on YouTube. But it was like Pedro uh, Tataran and uh, Daniel uh, Valladeros. Uh, it was for the IBF strawweight title, and it was just. It was like I missed that one. Yeah, it was it, like Hagler Hearns for. It was like a cut. Yes, yeah, it was a technical yes, decision. Yes, yeah. it was like Hagler Hearns uh, <laughs> for four was rounds. Was it really? Okay, for four rounds. Okay, I'm I'm embarrassed. I missed that one. I'm gonna have to find that on YouTube. Definitely check it out because yeah. to me that was you know for you know for if if you want a per minute fight of the year that was the fight of the year so far. Uh, just all action for really? four rounds. Those guys just threw down and then just a horrendous headbutt and it uh, yeah. made a technical draw. Um, They're both ranked. They're both. Uh, Ring magazine ranked straw weights. I know that. Yeah, I mean it's an even matchup. You know, I mean they threw down. I'd I'd love to see a, a rematch of that if they can make it. Um, yeah. Another another one from the the smaller weights. Um, this one was on zone, I believe. It was Julio Cesar Martinez. Definitely one of my favorite guys to watch. Yeah. All action fighter against Jay Harris. Yeah. It was just game. As Is that the hell. guy? That the guy from Wales? Yes, the kid from Wales. Yes, and, yes. Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know how good he was. Boy, that kid had balls. Yes. Man. Yes. Because Martinez is no joke. Martinez is coming to take your heart, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Oh yeah, I mean he looks he looks like innocent enough, and you know he's like always seems to be you know, you know great 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 tempered and great natured, and comes in there bouncing around. But oh, he'll he will just take your heart out and eat it right in front of your face, man. Dude is vicious. Love watching him fight, man. Love yeah. watching him fight. And Harris Harris very skilled fighter. I mean it's tough in Europe. I mean there's just not a lot of small guys. I mean I guess you could say that kind of no. almost everywhere. Um, to get like really good competition, but you know Harris, you know hadn't really beaten anyone of note, but he came in and fought like hell, man, for twelve rounds. It was a really enjoyable fight. Um, yeah, we know we know Harris can box, but we also know he can dig deep. We know there's there's some character there, and 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 durability too. Yeah, Martinez is that kind of guy. He's going to get some knockouts because you know the way he goes with the body and just his aggression. Yeah, I think he Harris was hands. down in that fight. I think he was down, and and it looked like it looked like uh, Martinez would finish him, and he didn't. Yeah, Harris definitely showed uh, some bottle, as the uh, British would say. Oh yeah, that's the that's the term. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that same card, I don't know if it was necessarily like because it was a little bit one sided, but to me, just watching Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez break down uh Caliafe was was I mean uh, fight of the year, that, maybe comeback was, of the year hey, or something. Was, to me to me, Kurt, that was like a religious experiment uh, experience. <laughs> that was like uh the second comment. I was nervous for Chocolatito. <laughs> right. I really was. I was nervous for him and I thought I thought, man, um you know he's Caliafi uh, is he wants to test him he wants to test the 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 you know he, you know Chocolatito's not that much older than Yafai but he has so much more wear and tear so many so many more championship fights and so many tough battles under his belt and um, you know he was also battling inactivity although he had come back in uh, the, the previous December with a a tune up fight. Um, in Japan against a, you know, a, a journeyman. Um, but it had been more than a year before that fight since he'd fought. And he fought kind of like a, a French contender type. Um, and then his previous fight before that, there was a lot of time off and he was, he was knocked out. It was right. KTFO uh, against right. Sri Siketso Rungvasa. And I was ringside for that fight. I was in Carson, California. And um, just... Roman Gonzalez's look during the walk-in to that fight let me know that he was going to lose that night, and that was that was that was a, a hard that was a big pill for me to swallow. And seeing him get dropped and seeing the the doubts in his head, you know, somebody right. who's been such a confident, brilliant, technical pressure volume puncher to see him get up and like, oh, I'm doomed, and then get taken out. You know, flat on his back, I'm thinking it's over. I'm just, you know, it's like, listen, you, you, nothing, you know, nothing more to prove. And the way I was thinking was that, and I thought, I thought Gonzalez won that first fight against Sorong Vasai. Right. But I figured, you know, I was thinking to myself, that fight, whatever he had left, that fight took it out of him. Just going 12 rounds with that, that tank from Thailand, that that took it out of him. And uh, but it looks like the rest there's been, you know, there was some, you know, some physical healing, but there was some spiritual healing kind of like kind of putting to rest um, the, the fact that his 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 longtime trainer and, and uh, mentor is no longer with him. I think that was that that impacted him going into the first 
Sauron Vasai fight, and I don't think he had emotionally recovered from that. Right. Uh, you know, and just, you know, Sauron Vasai, you know, maybe Sauron Vasai has his number. He's just a beast, and he kind of sets the pace, and he's able, he's big enough and strong enough to where he can stand up to, to Gonzalez and not back up, you know. But the way Yafai started that fight, I thought was actually smart. Um, even though I thought the stick and move style, that's the identity that, that Yafai has, and that's the best way for him to box. And I thought that that style could trouble in, uh, in, uh, a fading fighter, a fighter who's not, you know, no longer in his prime or no longer at his peak. Um, but I thought it was a, a smart gamble from Yafai. And I thought, I thought Yafai, I mean, maybe I, I scored the first round for Gonzalez because, like, he ended it. Like, maybe he landed a good body shot or something like that, like, right before the bell. But I thought y- Yafai was landing some good punches. And I actually, I viewed it as an even fight for about five or six rounds, but it was the wrong fight for Yafai. Right. And um, in a way, Yafai conned himself by thinking that that by being uh, the, the fresher bigger fighter because he looked he, he looked bigger than uh, you know considerably bigger than than Gonzalez that by staying in the pocket that you know he was eventually gonna win that battle of attrition like he conned himself like no you you know and it's like he almost didn't realize it before it was too late that Chocolatito was doing brilliant things on the inside. Right. And was sapping his strength with body shots and, and 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 that, you know, he was by by staying on the inside, he was playing to Gonzalez's strengths and Gonzalez is kinda like as the old timers used to say, he fought himself back into shape. It's like you saw him kind of work through ring rust and if he had any doubts. Right. And I don't think he had a lot of doubts because he, I know I know he had a good camp. Um, but if he had any doubts, he worked through that. And, um, I mean, man, if it wasn't vintage Chocolatito in round six, seven, eight, and nine, when he got him out of there and it was brilliant. And, and just because of, I'm such a, a Chocolatito fan and I was so worried about him. Um, like to me that, that was the most compelling fight. Like every minute of that fight, my heart was racing. It was beating, um, and I was, I was, I had this concern for this guy that I've become attached to. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't ringside for that fight because there's no cheering on press row. Right. But um, it was such a satisfying for me, you know, you know, for me, it was so satisfying the way that fight played out. Like to me, that was the most enjoyable fight of the year. <laughs> like I just like 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 that's my personal fight of the year is Chocolatito over Cal Yafai, you know, but. I'm sure that strawweight fight that you brought up was a better fight. <laughs> Just in terms of <laughs> back and forth action, I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind, you know. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that's always the debate, you know. Do, do you go with the one that's, you know, just an absolute war between two kind of guys who, you know, maybe not are as big a stature, or do you go with something like, you know, Chocolatito, where you've got a Hall of Famer, you know, just working his craft and, and, and coming back? Like you said, right. I mean, with, with Gonzalez, to me, I mean – the, the the second fight where, where he got stopped and really arguably the only fight he's really lost in his career. Um, right. He just okay, seemed to, 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 to just say, I don't have it anymore. I mean, I remember him yeah. quoted as saying that. I don't have it anymore. I'm done. You know, I'm tired. This is it. 
Um, and and like you said, yeah, you. I mean, he's a guy who kind of wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit, and and you you could see him with the, with the the Afi fight, just kind of you know, can I do this? Can I still do this? And then when he you know he worked through that, and and then you saw him do it, and no one is better. I mean, even at his age and with with all the the grind he's had, just I mean. You know, slipping shots and 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 you know, turning defense into offense and just throwing six, seven, eight punch combinations with accuracy. You don't see that a lot. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insane. He really is special. He's so special, and it, it was great to see him return to form and 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 get a title. Well, I back. feel like he needed to win that fight to get everybody on board with that. And one thing I started like after the it was after the the rematch loss to Sorungvisai. Is anytime his name would come up on Twitter, I'll retweet it and say the king. He's the king. He's still the king. <laughs> I kept saying it. No, I mean, you know, it's like I don't care if he never wins another significant bout again. I don't care if he gets it's KTFO in his first step up fight. This guy had an amazing career right. that spanned um, ten years over four weight classes and yes it's the the lightest weight classes in boxing straw weight junior flyweight which is where he was at his peak flyweight and junior bantamweight also known as super flyweight so he was under the radar for a lot of guys you know a lot a lot of casual fans but also hardcore fans that aren't really hardcore fans they're (laughs) self-identified as diehards but really i mean there's like 12 boxers that they follow in boxing and they're like i'm hardcore you know but (laughs) You know, under under welterweight, they're not really that interested, you know, or under right. lightweight, they're not really that interested. Right, right. Um, so he was overlooked, and a lot of lot of folks really think that he was, you know, when he, you know, his his run on HBO, like they look at that as his prime years, and it wasn't his prime years. And I, you know, I, if you were aware of him as a strawweight, as I was before he won his first world title, um, you know, this guy has had a Hall of Fame career. And, um, you know, he's one of the greatest fighters out of Central America and Nicaragua, which is saying something because there's a lot of talent out of there. Um, but I, you know, I, it was so satisfying to me that actually before the fight, you know, the DAZN broadcast, they were calling him the king, which I, I'm like, okay, awesome. I think Sergio Mora said that. <laughs> and um, during the fight, they were appreciating what they were seeing from him. And after the fight, everybody was buzzing. It was euphoric. Oh, it was, absolutely! It was like, yeah, man, these guys. And then it's it's like it's like everybody's in agreement. This guy's a hall of famer. So like, well, <laughs> if that's what it took, beating Calify, you know, not you know, not the most decorated world champion out there. Right, you know, right, right. WBA belt holder, a guy who I actually thought had a lot of talent prior to winning the title. Is he? He's that rare case. The dude wins the title. And I'm I'm less impressed with his performances. It's, it was a weird thing with with Yafai, but right. whatever, I'll take it. If, if, <laughs> if, if beating Yafai, if that was looked viewed as an upset, so be it. I'll take it. Um, but I actually I thought the fight was entertaining. Absolutely. Maybe and and maybe you know if your scorecard was like one sided in favor of Chocolatito, um, I'll give him credit for making those those rounds compelling because of his style. Right, you know, being a, a an inside fighter of his caliber, you just don't see it with that type of value, that type of volume. Sorry, punch volume, that creativity with the combination punching, and that kind of accuracy, you just don't see it every day. So, 
Right. If you can appreciate that, and I think most of us can, then you, you enjoyed that fight. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a candidate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, I I had one more down, but you know, the, the I mean, it was a good fight. It wasn't a great fight. It was another kind of obscure YouTube one. It was between uh, two Russian uh, middleweights, uh, Magomed uh, uh, Kurbanov and uh, Ishmael uh, Ilyev. Um, Kurbanov uh, won won the decision, but uh, good action. There was definitely. You I'm know, definitely a. I'm definitely going to ask you to put this in writing. <laughs> Email it to me so I can share it with the ratings panel. Yeah, for sure. And you know, editorial board, so we can keep these in mind because that's another one I missed. So that's that's one I need to go and check out. Yeah, that that one I think is a lower lower caliber than 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 the other four fights, but it it was entertaining. It was entertaining, so I I, I put it on there as as just kind of you know a throwaway. Now, round of the year, I only had one thing down, and this was actually an undercard fight, so I don't know if this really counts. But uh, did did you see round one of um, Clay Collard and uh, Ray? uh, uh, Was it Guardo? Uh, I'm sorry, Guajardo. Was that his fight? Was that his fight before his last fight? I believe so. Yeah, it was on or, a PBC undercard. It was on a PBC undercard. I think it was yeah. on the undercard of Ugas and I Dallas. And okay, uh, no, yeah, I it was that one. <laughs> three knock, three knockdowns. Uh, Guajardo was I down have twice. Done that. You know, I judged the, <laughs> I judged the whole card by the by the main event, and I love Ugas, but I was like, my Dallas, damn. Oh, it's so same Why? here. Why? I, I, I was definitely busted on that. What did you have that. against Mike Dallas? <laughs> like, jeez. I guess that okay. was the the yeah. one last payday for Mike Dallas. Yeah, I mean, he he was I game, guess. but it was it was pretty one sided. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, definitely check that the the first round of that out. It was there were three knockdowns in total. Just just two guys thrown down. It's it's, I like it's Clay. really funny. I oh, like yeah, Clay. He's a tough guy, man. Oh, absolutely. Like, they shoot. They they threw him in with um, Beck Bully. Yeah. The, another another guy from uh, Uzbekistan. Yes. Um, that was a bridge too far. Melikusiev. Melikusiev. What's his first name? It's Bekza. Bek- something. Bekutar Whatever. Bektemir. Bektemir Melikusiev. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. <laughs> exactly. Those are tough I names. Yeah. To everybody from that nation. Yes. <laughs> everybody from that culture. I'm sorry. I will. I will learn it. Uh, but yeah, everyone calls him Beck Bully, but. Clay went some rounds with that dude was killing guys to the body. Yes. Blowing guys out in like, you know, 30, 60 seconds or whatever. And Clay, man, he took a beating. I think it was eventually stopped, like maybe after three or four rounds. I think it was the fourth round. Yeah, they stopped it in the fourth. Fourth round? Yeah, Yeah. that was in Vegas, right? (laughs) Yeah. Clay, dude, he He, he was a little out of his depth in that fight, but yeah, he's a tough guy. Very tough. Yeah, that was, yeah, he was outclassed. But I mean, that's a dude who's, uh, he believes in earning his paycheck. And you got to respect guys like that. And you, you know, you put them in with, you know, your uh, uh, a regular prospect, you know, an up and comer, not somebody who had like three hundred amateur fights or whatever, right? You know, and and is big and brawn. He is Beck, Beck bully. Um, he plays the role of the spoiler. Yes. So he's uh, he's what we call a gatekeeper, and those are my favorite fighters in in, in boxing because they're truth machines. Absolutely. And you put them in with a fighter who's uh, may may have at one time been world class, but is getting older, and you know you want to know, okay, can this can this veteran still be a, a a contender or a world champion? And you put them in with the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper lets you know what they have left, or if they're an up and up and comer, and they got a built up record, 
and you don't know, you know, maybe they have talent, but you don't know if they're ready to take that next step as a, as a professional, you put them in with a, a, a reliable gatekeeper. Like a Darnell Boone. Let you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, he's, I call him the godfather of, of gatekeepers. He's a, <laughs> he, I mean, he tested, I mean, uh, a, an entire generation of up and comers, many of whom went on to be um, world champions multi-division world champions and even hall of famers like like andre ward he gave them all he hell tested them. He dropped dropped andre ward dropped kovalev uh knocked out yep. um stevenson <laughs> he knocked out yes, stevenson in one round stevenson, he sure did so uh yep. yeah he definitely gave uh, a, a whole generation he of light better. heavyweight champs <laughs> absolute hell he made them better <laughs> yeah you know that he made them better because I, i'm sure with andre ward's team they went back and that was ward as a, a middleweight and I, I'm sure that you know they they took a look and like you know they're like making 160 take something away from his fight, his uh, his his punch resistance, you know. Um, and I think it was smart to move up to 168 pounds, and he was a sturdier and strong, physically stronger fighter. And he modified, you know, his his um, his style was modified. He was less of a of an athletic boxer puncher and became more of a a grinding technician um, nullifier in a Bernard Hopkins uh, mold. Um, And I think that suited Andre Ward and Sergei Kovalev. He got, he went back to the drawing board and they, they put him in, in a rematch with, um, (laughs) with diesel and and Boone. And um, you know, that, that, that's a test of character right there. Same thing with Adonis Stevenson. And you want to see that from punchers like like Kovalev and Stevenson are guys they can intimidate a lot of fighters, um, if not by reputation, then just the punches they land in the first round, right? Right. They absolutely. get in guys' heads. They, they take their they take their heart a little bit, and and Diesel's not one of those guys to back off from punchers. So to to, to put those punchers back in with Darnell Boone, like that was like a test of character, and and I'm sure that those guys went in there knowing that. It's I can't get over with just punching power. I'm gonna have to box a little bit, and they both did in those rematches right. with Boone. So Boone, guys like Boone, they make fighters better. They Absolutely. really do. Absolutely, and, and, and teams and promoters, promoters and management and and the trainers and the fighters themselves. You know they shouldn't shy away. You know, yeah. You know, once they get their their feet wet in the professional ranks, um, and they feel they're mature enough. Not just in age, but but in terms of their their professional experience, they shouldn't be afraid to roll the dice against a gatekeeper. Because even if they have a hard night, they can learn and become better from that experience. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Talking to uh, Roberto Diaz uh, last month, you know, that, that seems to be yeah, a philosophy that, that Golden Boy definitely likes to test their guys. You know, they definitely. I mean, you're not going to get well, better you know, if you don't get tested. <laughs> right, and I, you know, I think we saw that with Joshua Franco. And you right. look at Franco, and you're like, "Are you a are you a grown man yet?" You look at his face, and even his body <laughs> doesn't seem fully mature. That's right. weird, you know. <laughs> and you see, you know, and you put him in with somebody like Andrew Maloney, yeah. who's 29, so right. he's mature. He's a man. Yes. And you and you look at Maloney's body, just the way he's proportioned, he looks more athletic, and probably is more athletic. You know, you put him on a track or something, and maybe Maloney. Can 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 run a faster hundred meter dash or four hundred meter dash or maybe Maloney can do more 
pull-ups or whatever and, you know, yeah, that would, sort of thing. If there was a one-on-one -on -one yeah. Australian rules football uh, match, I would definitely yeah, put Maloney, Maloney over Franco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Franco, you know, he had 30 rounds with Oscar Negrete. Yeah. And he had that fight that he had in Puerto Rico with the the dude who was it was also a prospect, I think, from from South America. But but that dude was tough. That dude brought it. Yeah. And he got a he got a technical stoppage. Yeah. Kind of questionable. Right. I think Franco was stopped on his feet, but whatever. He was definitely hurt. Yes, definitely. You know, it happened later in the fight. The fight had like, turned for sure. Exactly right. You know, but that, I mean, I think that lit a fire in the belly of Franco, and um. You know, he learned. Um, and, um, you know, 30 rounds with Negrete, who's a rough customer, not the biggest puncher, but a guy with a you know, volume puncher who had an extensive amateur career and, and he's crafty and he can be dirty. I'll go ahead and say it. The, the, the Colombian can be dirty in there like that. That even though Franco looks young, that that those 30 rounds with Negrete, that forced him to grow up. That was an education. Those fights yeah. Were, but, yeah, those fights were at 118, too. So right. a heavier weight, and then he drops right. back down to 115, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty strong. <laughs> you know. And what happened was he was ready to step it up. He was ready to switch gears in the championship rounds. Because I thought, I honestly thought it was anybody's fight through eight or nine rounds. Right. And then I thought 10, 11, 12, I thought that was Franco. Yeah. And that's sure. that's like character. That's like seasoning, you know. So it's, it's, it's okay to be tested. It's okay to lose. It's okay to have a draw, you know. Franco had two of them, right? And it made him a better fighter. Absolutely. Now, would you consider that fight an upset, Franco over Maloney? Uh, um, a, a slight upset. I mean, right. honestly, I enjoyed the fight. Like, I like, like to me, I don't know if it's like my in the top five of fight. You know, I don't know if it's a fight of the year candidate. But that was just a fight. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. And I understand with. With COVID nineteen and stuff, the, the the talent pool to pull from. There's a lot of challenges that Top Rank has. So with this weekly Tuesday Thursday series, I I haven't considered much of it to be must see TV. In fact, I'm doing this podcast as a live broadcast is going on right now. <laughs> sorry, know? sorry about that, brother. I'm re I'm recording it. I'm recording yeah, you it. Said, <laughs> yeah, you said you said six o'clock. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> um, but I I did want to see. There was one fight. The um, the one with Adam Lopez and Luis Correa, that was a fight I wanted to see, and it delivered. Yeah. It delivered. That was a good fight. Um, and the Maloney brothers, I wanted to see them, their U.S. debuts, um, especially with the original opponent that uh, Jason had. Jason's original opponent was the aforementioned Oscar Negrete. Right. So I was like, okay, that's going to be a test. That's and a I test. knew Joshua Franco would be a test for Andrew Maloney. Um, but had you asked me who was going to win that fight, I would have said – I lean towards Maloney. Okay, right. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna do re revisionist history like a lot of fans and media do. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna keep it real. Um, but I knew it was gonna be a fight. I knew uh, that uh, Franco, he makes for good, 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 hotly contested fights when he's, you know, when he steps up his competition. So um, I don't, I don't view it as an upset. It's a slight upset. Right. Um, but I, I, I mean, really, I enjoyed it. I, I, I watched that fight, and from round one to to t through twelve, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. So um, I don't, I don't know if it's a fight of the year candidate, right, but right, it's right. one of the better fights that I've seen this year. Yeah, I would. I just in in this year, I would put it, I would put it down as one. You know, I would put it down as one. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of right. had it. I had it it's under like it. upset of the year, but there were definitely some people on Twitter. I think I know the 
you know, John uh, Eidmanhofer, I think, uh, had had he was like l- looking yeah. at the odds of it and look, it's like, wow, those are big oh, odds. Yeah, for value. Oh, if you're yeah, a, if you get, like, I'm, I'm taking boxing, this. I've, I don't, but he was just up. like, yeah, he got he got a couple people roped into betting Franco and and, and he nailed it. So, yeah, so good for them. Yeah, man. <laughs> so odds wise, it was an upset. So I had it under an upset of the year. And another one that was was more talked about as an upset certainly was uh, Robert Hulanius, uh Stopping, proving that yes. Adam Konaski is is not indestructible. There, he can be hurt. <laughs> yep. Um, That's really, right. Really, uh, sure you know. Can. You know what? I I I viewed that as an upset, but I wasn't. I was surprised, but by not shocked. Right. Winning, right. especially by by a stoppage, and it, it and the stoppage seemed to come almost out of nowhere. But I wasn't shocked because right. um, the fight that uh, Konaski had with. Um, Chris Ariola, that was kind of an eye opener to me because that is really, that is, I mean, Ariola is literally fighting on muscle memory. Like that dude has nothing left, you know. And that was a fight. Yeah, it was. That was a very entertaining fight. Yeah, it was a brawl. For that, yeah, I don't know if the the official scorecards reflected it, but Jesus, I mean, they. And I'm just kind of like, you know, a young heavyweight shouldn't be going life and death with Chris Ariola. So <laughs> I can't that. say I, I mean, I wasn't like shocked that he lost, you know, right, right. to a veteran, somebody who's as seasoned as Hellenius is. Um, but I but I was surprised. It, 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 I do consider that that that's a strong upset of the year candidate. Absolutely. Yeah, because Konaski kind of had put enough wins together. I think that he was legit either top 10 or. You know, real near, just outside the top ten. So he was, uh, you know. No, yeah, he was. And Hellenius was coming off a really line. bad loss too. I think uh, was it Gerald Washington yeah. knocked him out or something. So yeah, yeah. And he just he hadn't been a player for several years. Um, right. But uh, I mean, I would still, I, I still think Jason Rosario over J Rock Julian Williams is a bigger upset. But even that fight, I don't know if you recall, but there were people who were saying that Rosario was a live dog. Right. I wasn't I wasn't terribly familiar with him, but people who had taken time to go and, and, and watch old fights with Rosario said the kid had talent and um they were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he put together a nice little win streak. Yeah, time. for sure. He had definitely put together a nice little win streak yeah. and uh and you know, I still didn't think he could beat J Rock. I just thought J Rock would be too polished, but no, you're right. That's that's yeah, I mean, definitely uh yeah, that 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 would definitely be. Yeah, I, I would rate that probably even a little bigger than than uh, than Hellenius because you know J Rock had just come off of a huge win. You know, <laughs> I mean, and uh, and, and J Rock looked like an elite boxer, right? Um, um, over Jared Hurd, right, right. You know, he was so, a uni- yeah. unified champ. So yeah, I, exactly. I would... He wasn't like a contender like Kalnaki. He was a unified. He had two major world titles. Right. At 154 pounds, yeah. Absolutely, so yeah. Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, Jason, more I think about it, Jason Rosario over Julian Williams, that's probably, to date, maybe that's upset of the year. You, do you have other candidates? You know what, That that's all I had. Nope. That's it, that's yeah. it. Because it's just, you know, we just haven't seen a lot of fights what about, this year. What about, Mike, what about Mike Plania? And I hope I'm not messing up his name, Mike Plania over Joshua Greer. Over Greer, I mean, I think it that's was. Not, that's not a huge, not a huge upset, but maybe yeah. the odds, the official odds, at least they opened with Joshua Greer as a huge favorite, right? 
Yeah, I mean, Greer, just on, on recent form, you know, that one, I think, yeah. like, the boxing heads were all, like, thinking that, that that was definitely upset potential, that that was a really good matchup, yeah. you know, like, it, it, it could yeah. go either way. Not surprising that uh, yeah. that the that the upset happened, but, uh, yeah, right. I, I would definitely say Rosario would have been, you know, uh, the yeah. biggest upset. Uh, that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. Um. All right. So KO of the year. If 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 you've thought about. It. I mean, I just had. I mean, and this one. I don't know that. You know. I I had a couple down, and then I don't know that I've been tracking it as closely. So I only had just had a two fights down, just for well, for highlight reel. KO of the year. I mean, sometimes people will do. You know, they'll they'll value a knockout by the stature of the fighters, right? Right. Um. And sometimes. When it's a high-profile fight, you know, um, the knockout doesn't have to be like a cold knockout, right? It can just be a stoppage like we had with Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder. The guy who was expected to score the knockout was dominated and stopped, right? Right. Um, so I can see people saying that, but, you know, um, I think most fans, at least the hardcore fans, they go for the quality of the knockout. And they're talking about that paralyzing one-hitter quitter where a guy gets hit and like frozen for a second and then collapses and he's gone um and i don't know if the um you know there was that the same night that rosario upset williams there was a light heavyweight fight on espn between a leader alvarez and uh what was that guy's name (laughs) michael seals what was that michael seals michael seals Seals. Yeah, yeah that was that was a at least there was a knockdown that was pretty darn dramatic. Yeah, right man, hand that they, the Colombian from Canada scored, and that was like, like that's the kind of knockout where it's like, okay, like, you, you, it makes you jump out of your your seat. And uh, young Ryan Garcia had a good one yes. against Francisco Fonseca, right. and that was in the first round. Yep. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a that was like a quick hook, and it yep. was like a one hitter quitter, right? Yep. Fonseca went Left down, yep. yep, flat on his back. Yes, and the referee said, "Okay, it's over." You know? Right, and uh, and I, I, another thing you got to factor is, okay, the guy who got knocked out, does he have a chin? Does is, are we used to seeing this dude knocked out? And I mean, Fonseca has been stopped before, but I don't think he's been wiped out. So not like that. No, Garcia over Fonseca is pretty. That's that's a that's a leading candidate, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Fonseca hung in there with Tank Davis and and. Kind of yeah, took like a, a bit of a rabbit punch that, that, that kind of did him in. I mean, I think Tank would have stopped him anyway, oh. but it was it yeah. was a little weird stoppage because he was like, you know, motioning to the referee that it was on the back of the head. And the referee was just like, I don't want to hear it, man. And he just counted him out. <laughs> but Garcia's was much cleaner and, you know, more spectacular. Um. Yeah, Ryan's another guy who you know is 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 kind of at war with uh, Golden Boy now, and and yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I you know speaking you know, to Robert Diaz, he was like they wanted I to think bring that's him. The way it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think he's drama, and it's you know whatever. It's some some boxers are they're prima donnas, and it's always going to be something. And uh, if it's not the if it's not the boxer himself, his or herself. It's whatever. It's it's going to be people around them, and um, that, that's okay. And I, you know, I, I don't even look at that as a golden boy thing. I think whoever Ryan is with, you know, whether it's a promoter or if it's, let's say he says, "I'm bigger than a promotional company. I'm I'm my own guy. I'm my own brand. I'm 
I'm a social media influencer and star, right? I don't need a promoter. I promote myself <laughs> right. via my social media platforms, right? All I need is a relationship with a platform to broadcast my fights. Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe it's not even maybe it's not even a network. Maybe my platform is Instagram or Twitter, right? You know, like <laughs> that's where you see my fights. You know, like you know, maybe one day that's what happens, right? Not you... just with boxers, but with entertainment. Period, right? Okay. Um, and it gives the the entertainer um, more creative control, you know, or whatever. But I, I I think even even in that scenario, I think. Maybe Ryan's one of these these personalities where he or she they're going to be at odds with the platform. You know what I mean? You know, right, right. He'll never you know, never be satisfied. Like, yeah, everyone's never, out to get know, him. Which, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, I, you know, speaking to Robert, he was saying, you know, that you know he was very excited about making the Lenaris fight, and that, then I heard an interview yeah. with Ryan's manager, and he was talking about, you know. No, maybe not Lenaris. I don't think we can make the Lenaris yeah. fight. And um, who were well, they? They want to really about? get paid for that because they they know Lenaris. When Lenaris is motivated and dialed in, he's he's an elite level boxer. Absolutely, and he he looked great in his last deal. fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh he, man, yeah. I mean, listen, like Carlos Morales. That's the guy he, he stopped. Yeah. Like that that dude is not like a top ten contender. Okay. Right. Um, but he's not the kind of guy you just dominate and knock out he's never been knocked out right he, i mean he gave he gave ryan hell absolute hell yeah Eddie Reynoso, ryan. right and, and and it's still growing ryan i mean and and you know we're talking about ko of the year ryan is growing into that that tall lanky frame right and he's got speed and we know those tall twitchy dudes tall skinny twitchy dudes you know often they got tremendous power right. and especially when they grow into their man strength and so ryan's ryan's got some He's got some power, and as his technique improves, um, you know his 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 punch leverage and his his power is going to improve because he's already got the speed. And if you hit a guy with a blind shot with that type of speed and velocity, you're gonna you're gonna knock out a lot of cats. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, it was yeah. just a little well, it was a little disappointing though. I mean, you you had that fight was made. I mean. Pre-COVID, right. yeah, it was, it was, yeah, we thought it was, and then you hear yeah. Ryan's management talking in an interview about fighting Abner Morris, and you're just like, man, we don't want to see it, that it, fight. Yeah. But I've actually oh, been hearing on. some interesting things behind the scenes. Maybe Ryan has actually been, you know, talking to uh, to Devin Haney and talking about uh, possibly fighting Devin Haney in the near future. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, both I'll these guys it. want I'll big th- fights. And that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting to me because Haney, Haney is like, he's like a Linares in that you watch him and just judge, just going by the eye test, okay? Haney is an elite boxer. Yes. But Haney doesn't have that experience. He hasn't gone out there and proved it on the world-class level like a Jorge Linares. Like, Jorge, you might get lucky. You might catch Jorge early, right? You might right. land that one-hitter quitter in the first three rounds and knock Jorge out. It's happened right. before. Absolutely. Seen it. Absolutely. Um, and, or you might cut him. He, he, he tends to cut and swell. He's got the kind of cheekbones and skin where he cuts. Um, and, and that can happen. That happened with, uh, Antonio DeMarco, yeah, who in terms brutal. of talent, not on the level of a, of a, of a Linares, but right. 
in a 12 round fight and you're throwing punches and whatever and headbutts, you know, (laughs) you you headbutts and you hang tight, you hang tough and maybe throw an elbow in there too. You get, um, you can cut them up and, and you can get the stoppage. Um, so he's so 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 Linares was a threat on that level where if if you didn't cut him or you don't catch him early and Linares gets into his groove, a guy you know who's still learning and growing like Ryan Garcia could be in a world of shit. Yeah. But um, with Devin Haney, we don't. I mean, for all we know, Devin Haney is takes a great shot. Right. We haven't seen him in against that punch. Who's going to test it? Um, but Haney, like Devin, is still learning. And um, and he hasn't he's not battle tested yet. He's got some decent experience, but he's still still kind of green. So it's in a way it's even like that, you know, but 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 Ryan would if that fight was made, Ryan is fighting somebody who who just on just when when you look at him, you say, okay, yeah, that guy, maybe one day he's going to be in the pound for pound because he seems like such a complete boxer puncher, you know. Oh, absolutely. But having said that, he didn't he didn't blow me away in his last fight. Right. I mean, I guess and maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, he was in with an awkward guy and apparently suffered an, an injury. Yeah. So uh you an know, injury, right. It didn't Shoulder, look his yeah. best, but it, it definitely showed you that, you know, this kid could have a long ways to go. And I you know, just from even in the fights he's looked right. great in, I, I feel like he still looks a little raw, you know. I mean he, he yeah. well, he's I mean, got a he's lot of amazing tools. Right? Yeah, he's got a lot of amazing tools, but you know, he just does. he definitely needs some fine tuning, and and now that he's working with Floyd Mayweather, you know that that's that's like a match made in heaven. So you can't go wrong there. Yeah. yeah, that seems to be a. If Floyd good is willing up. to stick with being a trainer, you know, and 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 do the day to day grind, I think yeah, he could turn Devin into a yeah. really special fighter. So absolutely. So all right, last last uh, last category here, you know, for the for the mid year review, and again, this is it's just really awkward to do it because you don't have a lot to work with, but. Fighter of the year, 2020 at the midway point. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's got to be Tyson Fury, right? I mean, I mean, like, like my sentimental choice would be Choco Latito Gonzalez, but um, Fury. I mean, you know, he's a heavyweight. It was the biggest stage. It was a uh, you know a fight that on paper, I, I think Wilder was a, a slight favorite, but not a huge favorite. Right. So it was viewed as a competitive matchup going in, and and Fury showed up. He showed up. Wilder did not really show up, but Fury definitely um, did what he said he was going to do, which I think is part of the story of the fight. Um, and I would say that 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 fight that was, um, you know, hats off to ESPN and and Fox and PBC and Top Rank because I would say hands down that was the event of the year. Absolutely. I was there for that, and Absolutely. it felt been a long time since a heavyweight fight in las vegas um drew that kind of attention and 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 had that kind of electricity even a couple days before the before the fight so um they 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 put on a big event so it was a big event the the eyes of the world was was watching it's the biggest stage in the sport the glamour division uh the the heavyweight championship the ring magazine heavyweight championship was on the line um and and Fury delivered, so I mean, I would, I gotta figure Fury's the front runner. Yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely would agree with that because that was without question the biggest event of the year. And and like you said, I mean, most people in the press, kind of, you know, all the momentum seemed to be going Wilder's way. He'd had, you know, he'd had two spectacular yeah. knockouts the year before, and and Tyson had kind of, yeah. you know, had a really, 
you know, Tom Schwartz was just like a, a, a nothing fight. And then he was like life I and death. I forgot all about that guy. <laughs> Otto Waleen gave him hell. Yeah, he was Even life and death. Even without the cut, Waleen was giving him hell. Yeah, yeah. Waleen was definitely winning rounds in that fight. Um, so so Tyson just did not look great, you know, coming in and, and came in really heavy. And, you know, people were just like, oh, you know. And no one believed him that when he said he was going to walk too wilder and knock him out. But, you know, damn if he didn't do it. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this, Kurt. I, I favored, you know, if you ask me who was going to win that fight, I favored Fury by decision. Mm. I thought the trainer switch was a gamble. Right. It's a bit of a gamble, you know, to get used to a new system. But I took him at his word that he would try to improve offensively. I didn't think he was going to go out there and actually try to score a knock knockout. I didn't right. believe the whole, I'm going to stop him in two rounds. I just thought, that's him getting in Wilder's head. I thought it was suicide. Um, and I think he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if he actually tried to do it, right? right you right. know, and I, I honestly, I thought, like, if he tried to get the knockout, it would be something like, um, like Tony Harrison in his rematch with uh, Jamel Charlo. Right. And that you could you could have success coming forward and really trying to gun for it, trying to get in this guy's chest and take his heart. Like you'll have success, but ultimately you're going to get clipped, you know, in a twelve round fight because we know Deontay Wilder retains his power right into the late rounds, Absolutely. into the twelfth round, Absolutely. and he's got heart. Like even if he gets gassed or hurt, you know. He's he's proven that he'll come back in late rounds, and, and he's still yeah. and he's still a threat with that right hand, right or Absolutely. injured, exactly. Absolutely, he's got that character, he's got that heart. Yeah, um, he's and he believes in his power, and why shouldn't he? So I thought that was that was a silly um, strategy, and I thought it was bullshit. So, but I did <laughs> think that working with Sugar Hill, um, that he would improve on his, his just his punching technique, right. The right. mechanics Same here. of, Same of here. throwing the jab, getting your weight behind Straightening it, right? out his right hand, yeah, not slapping with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Straightening, exactly. Straightening out the right hand, firing from the shoulder, you know, locking that elbow, popping it at the end, um, rotating the hips, right. getting the mechanics down of, of proper punching, punching through your target. That was a Manny Stewart thing. But another part of, of Manny Stewart's strategy um, and philosophy towards developing a good big man, a heavyweight, is to you if you're if you're tall and heavy, the way you know Vladimir Klitschko and, and and Lennox Lewis was was to tie up a smaller man or a lighter man on the inside and lean on them. Use right. your weight, use right. your size. Right. And I and I figured so when I saw him, you know I, I was there. I got in town. Um, I got into Vegas Tuesday night, so I was there for Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon for the. Uh, for the the press conference, and Fury looked big, but you couldn't tell how big because he kept like a hoodie on and a jacket, right? <laughs> right. And you couldn't, you know. And again, if that's gamesmanship, that's what it. And he's really good at it. Um, and he and he he's able to get under Wilder's skin the way other guys are not able to get under Wilder's skin. Um, but I thought he looked big, and I didn't think that was a bad thing. And then when I saw him on Friday um, on the scale. He looked big. He never looks athletic. But I did think like his neck wasn't <laughs> fat and his face wasn't fat. So I didn't think right. he just like like he half-assed it in camp, despite rumors of him hurting his foot or something like that, right? Right, right. Um, and I looked at his arms, and his arms looked pretty trim for Tyson Fury. Hmm. They looked trim. So I'm like, 
no, he's in shape and he's big and he's heavy. That tells me he's gonna really he's gonna he's gonna tie him up on the inside. He's not gonna he's he's not gonna try to be giant Pernell Whitaker and just rely on head and upper body movement to evade right. punches in close. Right. He's gonna tie this dude up and lay, lean on him. And I thought that was a good thing. So as each day went by, being in Vegas and just hearing things that I'd heard, not just from the Tyson side, but from the the Wilder side, I felt stronger about picking Tyson to win that fight. Having said that, I wouldn't have been shocked if you know he got knocked out with one clean right hand <laughs> in any round. Right? right. And you know what? I I after the main after the um after the it wasn't the way, and it was after the the press conference. I talked to Carl Moretti with with Top Rank. And he asked me about the fight, and I said, you know, I, I like I like Fury. I think I think he's going to make enough adjustments with Sugar Hill's help, and I like that Sugar Hill is very even keeled. He's very, you know, he's not an emotional guy, um, and he keeps things cool between rounds, and that's good. I think that was a good thing, um, but I think you know he'll make enough adjustments on his punching technique and holding on the inside that he'll get through twelve rounds without getting knocked down. And without him getting knocked down, I can't see him not outpointing Wilder. That was my that was my logic. That was my reasoning. And you know, a lot of times us in the media or hardcore fans or anybody who bets on boxing, you can talk yourself into believing anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're if, if you're vested enough into the matchup or a particular fighter. So I said that with a grain of salt and Moretti agreed with me. And then we both said at the same time, but Having said that, wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if he gets knocked out with the first right hand that Wilder lands in the fight. You know, right. we both said that. Like, right. I wouldn't, like, we wouldn't be shocked. So, you know, the fact that he, A, didn't get knocked out, <laughs> right. but B, scored a stoppage. Man, that was just, that uh, that added to the event, the just um, the significance of that event. Um, and there was a fair amount of Brits that, that, that made the trek, made the transatlantic, uh, flight. And they, um, I, you know, they were, there was, it was at least one third of the, of the, the, the audience inside the MGM Grand Garden Arena was British. And so, I mean, they added to that electricity, you know, during the fight. And of course, after the fight, it was just this huge celebration and, um, um, yeah, definitely event of the year. And, you know, if you're in the event of the year. And you're considered an elite boxer, and it's number one versus number two in the division, which I think everybody viewed it as. Whether you had Fury as number one or, or Wilder as number one, if you deliver with those with 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 that on the line uh, under those those circumstances, man, you're fighter of the year. <laughs> well, and and especially when you you you, you you have all of that, and it's at heavyweight too. I mean, there's no question that it, that 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 was the event Whammer. of the year, and 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 Tyson Whammer. is the the early favorite, you know, a heavy favorite to be fighter of the year, you know, unless uh, Wilder springs an upset in the rematch if they have that by year's end. But I think you definitely, you know, I mean, I I completely agree with with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you got to give an honorable mention to to the to the guy we we were talking about before, Mister Cassius Clay Collard. No, well, oh, okay, Chocolate Chocolatito. Collard, but... okay. Cassius Clay Collard, I, a, I mean, a gatekeeper is a fighter of the year. Well, he has. Well, well, here, here's his credentials: three wins in 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 2020, yeah. all over unbeaten yeah. prospects, all in, in three it. in three different weight divisions. He beat. Uh, I haven't thought about that. Kayshawn uh, Toller at welterweight, 
in in January, uh, who was nine and zero coming into the fight. Um, then he beat yeah. uh, you know Ray uh, Gallardo at middleweight, um, and that was in February, and he knocked him out in two rounds. And then he recently fought David Kaminsky at super middleweight. Um, and beat him on a real wow. tough, tough split decision. Six and zero, Kaminsky was coming Triple in. Triple division threat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Our man, the the Godfather of gatekeepers, Darnell Boone. He would. You know He's what? Got to give he him would, props. Got to tip his hat. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Boone was the same way. Boone, middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the, and the fact that he yeah. fought, you know, yeah. Beck the Bully too. I think, uh, I think he fought him at light yeah. heavyweight. So this this guy will fight yes, anybody, <laughs> anytime. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I I hadn't really considered that. <laughs> it's interesting. Every now and then, you get a guy who's not really a, a contender, not yet. You know, when Joe Smith Jr. upset Tomas, uh, I almost said Tomas Adamek, but no, no, it's not that. It's, um, it was, um, oh, I know, I know exactly who you're talking guy. about. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name, name either. Um, and- was Andrew, it Andrew? Yeah. Oh, man. Andrew, what's his name? He knocked out, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can picture him and beat, uh, it's Cleverly too. He beat Cleverly and, and we cannot remember his name. What is his name? Oh Lord! Shame on us. Yes, we're getting getting <laughs> old, man. We used to know these things off the oh, top of our great. head. Yeah, they call this a senior moment. <laughs> but he beat the Polish guy, who was a contender, yes. top ten contender. Um, and then he, I think, in the same year, he upset Bernard Hopkins. Right, right. And he had another win too. He was three and zero that year. But yeah, he basically retired. Now, you know, Hopkins was like fifty one or something like that. Right, so, right. He's fighting right. an all time great. Yeah, I, and Hopkins might have been the favorite, and he, he didn't just knock him out. He knocked him out of the year. I was like a KO of the year uh, candidate. Fonfara, uh, who was you were, talking, you were thinking of, Andre Fonfara, yeah. Fonfara, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> shame on, yeah, shame on me. <laughs> Damn it, punchy. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right too. But he was, I mean, he, you know, Smith. I think Smith Junior. is he's considered a contender now, or if not top ten, like top fifteen. Oh, absolutely! Um, Should be Collard is is strictly viewed as like a spoiler gatekeeper, you know. Oh yeah, I mean these fights are six round fights, so yeah, I mean it's it. I'm, exactly. I'm not really being serious about him being fighter of the year, but but I think you got to give him give him an honorable mention. I mean that, that's that's I'd an like unbelievable that. You know what? Feat. I wouldn't mind, you know, especially in a year like this, you know, uh, um, where there wasn't as much action with the elite fighters um, as a candidate. Why not? Yeah, and and he's uh, top ranks bringing him back, right? Like in a. Is he coming back next next month? I would not be I surprised. Think they scheduled another, another fight for him. Yeah, because he Good, he seems like willing. He'll fight. He'll fight story. whenever. I mean, just just an absolute yeah. warrior. So, uh, but and, no- and hey, he was a, he has an MMA background, right? So he I think he brings some MMA fans. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, 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 hey, for sure. This guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm friends with a couple of uh, MMA writers, and they definitely knew who he was. They knew who he was as an MMA fighter, and they they were uh, they were rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough guy. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's three candidates right there. We got Tyson Fury, my man Chocolatito. Yes, for sure. The returned king, and Clay Collard. <laughs> what, what's his? Hey, what, what's Clay's? Does Clay have a nickname? Cassius Clay. He goes by Cassius Clay. Cassius That's his nickname, Clay. Cassius. Does, yeah. <laughs> All right. I like that. Cassius, Cassius Clay, Clay Collard from Utah. You know, I mean, we haven't had a lot of great Utah. fighters from Utah since 
the the Fulmer brothers. So the you know. Fulmers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. he's he's cut from that cloth. Yeah. Just tough guy, man. Wow. Tough guy comes to fight. Awkward. Yeah, right. They were yeah. tough. They were tough and rugged. All those brothers, but especially Gene. Yes. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess you know, and and we'll see what uh, Akhmadaliev does the rest of the year too, because that's a damn good right. win to start the year with Daniel Roman. So, so we'll see if uh, if he gets brought back. Uh, just wanted to, you know, since I have Doug Fisher uh, here, uh, just run through a couple up upcoming fights. Um, just get your thoughts on them. Um, you know, obviously, Top Rank is doing a lot of fights, and they've had some that that have fallen through that were, were really interesting. I mean, I really liked um, yeah. uh, Baranchik, uh, the fight. That he- was the fight I was looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. most right. That was yeah. that was slated for July seven. Yes, yes. Baranchik versus Jose Zabeda. Yes, Darn, man. yes. Yeah. Essentially, two top ten, top to Ivan the Terrible Man. Yeah, <laughs> coming back. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah, yeah. That that would have been a hell of a fight. I mean, maybe they can reschedule it. But uh, and in, in a weird way too, I wanted to see what a clean Big Baby Miller looked like. And I guess we may never see what a clean Big Baby Miller looks no. like. <laughs> no, he's got a problem, man. That dude. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. To get to get. I mean, he's still in now. denial about it. Didn't Ugh. he give an interview saying like, "Oh, I'm as surprised as anybody." Like, really? Yeah. Because that 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 substance that he's popped twice for now that was one of the three banned right. substances he tested positive for um, in the build up to the the Anthony Joshua fight, and I don't know the name of it. It's just like a bunch of numbers, yeah, you know, some letters and numbers, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's like that's an that substance like illegal, like period. Like you can't buy that, you know, legally. Uh, you got you got to order it black black market, you know, right. Um, but it's, it's, it's specifically for if you're obese, it, it, it helps you lose fat, you know, and increases your endurance and it's, it's a fat burner. It's like, you know, mm. he's just trying to get into like, it's a, it's a shortcut, right. To get into right. fighting shape, you know, right. and to, and to increase your stamina, which, you know, suits his style because even though he's a huge dude, he's got pretty quick hands and he, you know, nice combinations. It's really tragic really. Cause he's got personality and he actually does have, um, he does have uh, talent. He really does. Yes, yes. And um, he sabotaged himself. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just like another reason to support Vada because, you know, oh, of course. nine yes. out of ten times when we find out somebody's had, it's got some weird stuff in their system, um, regardless of their excuse, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can believe what the fighter has to say or not about how it got there. But the reason we know it is there, <laughs> usually 90, 95% of the time, it's because of um, a, a VADA test. It's because of VADA testing. So I hope, I hope fight fans who may have saved some money this year, you know, maybe they unsubscribe to, to DAZN or ESPN Plus or, you know, save money and not ordering pay-per-views or whatever, whatever they would have paid. To a pay per view or whatever, man, make that donation to the the to Vada because um, the the more funds they have, the more testing they can right. conduct because right. that's what's one of the reasons why um, you know non millionaire fighters or not you know you know top fighters who aren't making six and seven figures um, it's it's that's a lot of money for those tests you know and it's too right. much for them to to to, to cough that up. And the promoters don't want to cough, to cough up that money either, and neither do the neither do the the, the network. So if 
if they can make it, if the fans can add enough financial support to where, you know, um, Vada can cut certain fighters a break on, on, on the fees for testing or, or, you know, or, or just do more testing under the, the, the WBC's clean boxing, uh, program. Cause there's only a certain amount, you know, the, the, the WBC is cutting them a check, but there's only so much out of competition, competition, random testing that they can do with the money the WBC is, is, is giving them, you know? So right. every little bit counts, you know? Absolutely. I yeah. do it. I, I, there's a month, there's a monthly amount that I, I, I donate to them. Oh, well, that's it's great. It's tax deductible. <laughs> you know? Well, that's great. Uh, that's know. great. I, you know, listen, if I can, I, you know, if I can, it, it, whatever I, I i i pay a hundred bucks a year up front for the zone i had no problem doing that i didn't try to get like some kind of special deal being a member of the media um i have no problem paying five bucks a month for espn plus um there's other you know there's netflix uh that i pay for there's uh amazon prime there's uh dc universe because i'm a nerd <laughs> um, I, and I, I, that's, that was a hundred years up front. I'm sorry, a hundred years, a hundred bucks for the year up front that I did for, for DC universe. And, um, no problem doing that, man. You know, and I'll, I'll pay money for, you know, old, old TV series or ways or whatever to watch on Amazon prime if I can't get it for free. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm paying whatever 20 bucks for a season of, you know, the life and times of Tim, you know, it's not exactly <laughs> like high quality highbrow entertainment you know what i mean but whatever i remember watching it on hbo and it's available on amazon i'm like i'll pay for it what the hell you know and if i can do that if i can you know if i can pay 20 bucks for a season of the life and times of tim um i can certainly pay 25 a month or 50 a month even you know to to vada to help them do what they do uh especially if i'm going to complain about it if i'm going to have angst and point the finger at certain fighters or whatever which i don't do but i know a lot of hardcore fans do. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have this much outrage, um, be a part of the solution. You know. No, absolutely. You know, help, that's help, great. Help the one organization that's actually catching guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think there's a lot that goes through the state commission tests. You know, and we know Usada doesn't exactly have a shining record of busting um, boxers. At least, maybe they're pretty good with MMA, but. They don't have a shining record with boxing. Um, it's just Vada with boxing. So let's let's support them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So quickly, let's go through some fights. You know what? Honestly, I'm looking at the schedule for, for July. And I'm just, I mean, you know, Top Rank has some decent fights on there. And I mean, I, my man Edgar Berlanga is back in action, which I am like to I like to see. Uh, knockout artist from New York. He's a prospect, right? Absolutely, yeah, no, one, no one's gotten City, out of the right? first. Yeah, no one's gotten out of the first round with him. I mean, he's a heavy, heavy puncher. Who, hey, who, who trains him? Um, uh, you know, Mark Ferret, Um, I think was training him at one time. Um, yeah. I don't know that he's training him anymore because I don't think Gary mm. Jonas. Gary Jonas is no longer tr- uh, managing him. I think now. Keith, oh. I think he's working with Keith Connolly now. Um, okay. So he's probably back in the New York area. I'm not sure who's training him. I, I, I'd, I'd have to find out. Um, I'd have to ask Keith or, or actually reach out to Edgar <laughs> and his dad. Um, who was, um, uh, who's the veteran trainer? I, I love him. He's such a good interview. Um, he, he, he recently split with Danny Jacobs. 
Was it Andre? And he trains. Yeah, uh, he, he trains. Um, he trains uh, Derevianchenko. Yeah, well, it's there's Gary Stark and and, and Andre train train uh, train those guys. Um, What's Andre's last name? Yeah, I'm I don't know why I'm on it. it. I, I'm an old man. Oh my god, you and I, good grief! I know this. This is us. pathetic, man. This is pathetic. <laughs> Like Andre, I know I can I can I, I could see him with his havoc trunks because he makes those havoc yeah, trunks. Yeah, right. Why am I not? Uh, yeah, like, no, totally blanket on his last name. <laughs> I think he's he's one of the best like interviews, and I mean most trainers are good interviews. Um, but maybe he's training uh, Berlanga. A uh, Rozier, Jesus Christ, yeah, Andre Rozier. Maybe, maybe I read somewhere. Rozier, yeah, Andre yeah, Rozier. Yeah. Maybe he's with Edgar. Yeah, I mean, I, if he is, that's good for Edgar because he's a. Very good. Yeah, I mean, he's, absolutely. He knows, he's and he's a, a, he things up well with uh, Stark. Yeah, Stark man. Senior, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That would be that would be excellent. So I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna. You know, sorry to my friends at Top Rank. I might just skip through uh, <laughs> July. <laughs> um, you know, they rescheduled the well, herring like, you know, fight, they lost. Like, they lost. but he's they fighting Jonathan like Nakendo, so. <laughs> Oscar right. and, Valdez, and fact, Jason yeah. Velez. Right. Uh, um, That'll be fun. And I, mean, I think that's a fun. good fight. Velez is a tough guy, and Valdez is never in a boring fight, so you can't really uh, disagree exactly. too that's bad. That's a fight. You know, listen, don't don't bother scoring it. Crack open a beer. Sit up. Prop your feet up. Just just <laughs> just enjoy it. Well, you've got um, Golden Boy returning in, in, in July as well. You've got Virgil Ortiz, Sammy Vargas. Um, Sammy's a real tough guy. You know, he's, he's, he's one he of those is. gatekeeper types. Um, he is. You know, Virgil is one of the, the best is, prospects think, in the sport. I think so. Virgil, yeah, I think Virgil, who was Ring Magazine's 2019 prospect of the year, I think he was everybody's prospect of the year, as a matter of fact. I think he's beyond the gatekeeper status because the guys he fought last year, they are gatekeepers. Right, mm. Brad mm. Solomon at this stage of his career is a gatekeeper, as is uh, Antonio Orozco, who actually tried. He really tried to get in the young man's chest. Paid the yeah, price. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have called Orozco a, uh, a gatekeeper. I think he only had one loss Maybe coming into that he's fight. He's a French contender. That's true, and that was in a world title fight at 140. Right. Yeah, that's right. true. That was that was an interesting crossroads fight. Apologies, to Orozco. <laughs> but to me, I mean, what I'm saying is. Virgil has been tested, and I've I've watched Virgil train. Like he's a he's an animal. Mm. Like that's that dude. He is the first dude in the gym, and he's the last guy to leave. And he's one of those punchers. He's got underrated technique. He's a smart kid, obviously dedicated. But you know, it, it, during a, a non sparring day, right? So he's going to do like he'll do like 30, 40 rounds of between the floor exercises, the mitts, the bag work, his power, he, he doesn't lose power mm. as the rounds go on. You know what I mean? As fatigue sets in, he still punches just as hard as he did, you know, in the first couple of rounds. So he is going to be a handful for anybody. And I actually, maybe I'm going out of a, on a limb. I don't think I am, but I think he's a handful for, for contenders. I think there are there are top ten welterweight contenders that better watch their ass if they ever if they ever face him because um, he's I, I think he's that good. Not to overlook or discount Sammy Vargas, by the way, because he is a, a reliable gatekeeper. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Um, Gave Khan and Colazzo really good fights, man. Very entertaining yeah. fights. But but Virgil seems yeah, he comes to fight. I like 
seems to be on another level at this point, just with the youth and and That's what I'm thinking. and that power. Um, yeah, Sammy. I'm looking forward to that. Sammy's Sammy's gonna hopefully hang in there and, and test him, but we'll see. We'll see. So what I what I wanted to ask you about was uh, it seems you know. Um, hopefully these fights don't fall out like top ranks have because top ranks certainly had some really good matchups I was looking forward to that unfortunately injuries or, or COVID uh, uh, took out and we all know top ranks matchmakers are, are some of the best in the world um, but I, re- absolutely. I, I really like what matchroom the, the, the fight camp I mean yeah okay they're, they're not the most marquee matchups but the first yeah. fight the first well, fight the heavyweight yeah, no, the, the well, last yeah. one is. The last yeah. one is. But, like, Sam Eggington and Ted Cheeseman, I could watch those guys yeah. fight, like... That's going to be brutal. Every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cheeseman showed he could box uh, uh, a few fights ago, I think, um, where, where he kind of, yeah. you know, decided, you know, it was two bulls and he was going to be the matador. So he showed he could box. Yeah. But if he goes right at Eggington, oh, man, that, that is going to be just a classic. They might. Throw down, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking we're gonna get. That's what I'm thinking we're gonna get. Uh, so yeah, so it's a it's a UK domestic level fight. Right. But if you're right. a hardcore fan and you just enjoy an entertaining fight, yeah, watch no, it. That that's, that's worth, absolutely that's worth tuning into the zone for if that, you live in the US. That's a great club show fight, and and you know it's it's a yeah. great way to fight the or start the fight camp. Um, the female fight too. Uh, the the next week um, with Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas. Um, that'll be good. That'll be a really good fight. I mean, Natasha Jonas, I think people, you know, expected really great things from her, you know, from her great amateur career and given Katie Taylor all, mm-hmm. all she could handle. Um, but then, you know, she got stopped, uh, you know, just like pretty badly <laughs> in a, a few fights ago. Uh, so the, the train got derailed and she's, I yeah. think in her mid thirties at this point and Terry Harper is kind of a young up and comer. Has that fight has... Has Harper Jonas been? Um, is that official, or are they still trying to make that? I I mean they have it on the schedule, so I I'm, I'm gonna you they know do? okay yeah it's for right. August seventh. So. I know Harper was considering fighting some you know fighting a fellow title holder or whatever, mm. and yeah, eventually like whoever wins that fight, um, and I, I I I I slightly favor Harper, right? Um, that's a there's a. There's a UK US showdown between Ma- uh, Michaela Meyer and and uh, and Harper because I think Meyer's the number one contender mm. for that WBC 130 pound belt. That would be so. a great fight. That would be a really good fight. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of high high profile for for women's boxing. Absolutely, absolutely, and it'd be you know really uh, a fight that fight fans I think would would you know definitely want to see that one. Yep. Um, the next yeah. fight is a little, eh, it's more kind of in the, in the top rank, uh, you know, Felix Cash and Jason Wellborn. That, that's a little too domestic level for me. I mean, Felix Cash yeah. is, a, is a good prospect. Jason Wellborn, you know, I, right. I know he's pulled an upset or two, but uh, we know he's definitely not world class. I mean, uh, he got, you know, um, I think he was on one of the PBC cards, right? Didn't they send him over here to take on um, Jared Hurd? Yeah. Uh, he Jared- was tough. I mean, I mean he know, kept I like coming. Heard was a pressure fighter. Yeah, yeah, but heard once heard and turned. Uh, what's heard? Uh, Stop playing with his food. Changed gears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Was, what is it like? Was that was like three rounds, four rounds? Yeah, or yeah. Did it go more as, soon than as, that? as soon as heard decided to to turn it was, up, it was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he hung in there though. He was he did. He, was tough. he did. I mean, he nailed Hurd with. You know, I think he he cut him. You know, uh, I think he cut his lip or something. I mean, yeah. yeah Wellburn definitely comes to fight. I mean, it'll be an entertaining fight, but um, yeah. yeah, not not one that 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 you know I'd, I'd, I'd uh, 
you know, be, be you know, I, I think I'll catch that one on, on replay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see that one. <laughs> um, but then, you know, eight days later, you got Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. And with, with Dillian White, I, I, you know, I, I, like I keep him. waiting for the other shoe to drop with him because my rule yeah. is as a manager, I would never put my guy in that many tough fights. I mean, I know his last fight was just a gimme. Right. But I would never put my yeah. grind my guy through that many tough fights in a row. I mean, I guess the you yeah. know, the problem is he's got you know the guys at the top. You know, I mean, Joshua has three of the belts, and that's you know it's not really his his well, roster also, mate. But I think I think he wants to get paid a certain amount of money, right? Um, and and he wants to be the main event, um, in in England. And he's willing and to take for tough him to fights. be the main event. I mean, and, and I think he you know he was able to. He has since the the bold stand against uh, a still prospect level uh, Anthony Joshua. I think that was December of 2015. He he hasn't lost, okay, but he's he's built up his own fan base because he does have personality and he right. does have talent. Right. And uh, I think the two fights against um, one of our favorite heavyweight gatekeepers, um, Derek Chisora. I think that kind of made him a bit of an attraction, okay? Right. Um, at least on his side of the pond. But to be to continue to be a main event guy and make the the, the purses that he wants to be paid, um, he has to fight guys like Joseph Parker, right? Or a risky guy like uh, Oscar Rivas, right? Um, and, and those are tough fights. Very you know tough I mean? fights. And and some of these fights run out of gas late and. He got dropped against the the Columbia against Rivas, and um, and yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. I, you know, you don't want your guy to die on the vine, especially when you know. I, I guess he's got the interim WBC title, but they right. want the full. They want a shot at whoever actually right, holds want, the full title. You want a big and fight, who's a star, you know, yeah, Fury or Wild. You, you know, you want the mega fight, right? And you don't want your guy to to use himself up against. Dangerous guys, and even though Povetkin's no spring chicken, man, that he doesn't half-ass it in the ring. Yeah, Povetkin's, he's got balls. He's man, he's he's too, he's know. got balls. He's a veteran, and he's such a professional. Like Povetkin, you know, you're always going to get, you know, great effort right. and technique. Going to show up. Yeah, and and he, he yeah. and he comes to win. Although, although I thought, um, who's the American? Uh, I thought Hunter, Michael Hunter, Mike Hunter. I yeah. thought Hunter out hustled them. I thought Hunter deserved the nod in a close fight. Over over the Russian veteran, it was you know I like Hunter. Hunter fought like in spots in that fight, and and Povetkin was a little yeah, that, more well, steady. And and I thought Povetkin actually yeah. put a few more rounds in the bank. I actually had Povetkin winning that, but a draw was was fair. I wasn't mad at the draw. Yeah, yeah, a draw yeah, was definitely fair. It could have went either way to 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 my mind. Um, so that I mean that that's that's a really intriguing fight. That's probably the best thing on the schedule coming up in the next couple of months. Um, and I actually like the kind of losers bracket fight um, at heavyweight on the undercard too. Martin Bacoli and uh, Sergey Kuzman, um, both guys. Yeah. You know, I think Hunter beat Kuzman and 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 Bacoli. Yep. <laughs> so I you got yeah, I think he beat both of them. Yeah, yeah you got two yeah, former uh, Mike Hunter victims on there. Um, yeah, but, but you know what, Hunter Hunter beating those uh, those guys made him, in my eyes at least, a legitimate heavyweight. Oh, even though he's, you know, he's, he's a former cruiserweight, he's a small heavyweight by today's standards. But he's um, we rank him. Ring Magazine ranks uh, Hunter, and it's because of wins like that. Yeah, he deserves it. And I mean, Povetkin was a legit top ten fighter. And like you said, I mean, you could have given yes. that one to Hunter. And, it and could have went either way. Yeah. So he he deserves a top ten rating yeah. without question. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, hey, speaking of, of, of heavyweights, though, and, and heavyweight fights in England, um, Frank Warren's got a good one. He's got the, the Daniel Dubois, uh, Joe Joyce. Is Didn't that, they put that on the schedule? You know, that it's officially not, announced? I'm, I'm actually looking at the uh, at the ESPN schedule. I will look. It, did He he made it for October. It, you said October. Yeah, for October. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah, look that far O2, ahead. I think still at the O2 Arena, and maybe they just fill it you know, 50% or something like that. You know, uh, uh, they, I don't know what their plans they are. They don't have the, it on know, the ESPN the calendar, and ESPN is kind of maybe, the Frank Warren network. Maybe so. it hasn't. Maybe it hasn't officially been announced. I know it's been talked about for October. Well, since um, Dan's not doing it, the calendar, who's doing the calendar at ESPN? Is it Kim? Does Kim do the Steve? calendar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think Steve has had to take over the. Um, the rankings, and I know he wasn't happy about that. <laughs> yeah, because Steve's <laughs> like, generally Steve? not a rankings guy, right? No, he. It's like, yeah, it's not like like Dan loved that crap. Yeah, man. he loved it. Man. Absolutely. Like, but it's a, you know what? It is a pain in the ass. Oh no doubt. No doubt. That week by week. I I still do it, and, it, and it it yeah, absolutely. I mean, I try to keep like a top twenty five, a just outside, and up and coming. Oh. And oh my god, yeah, to try and. To try and you know, and I also try and keep their records there. And you know, obviously, I mean, you've got exactly. box rec. You don't need to do that, but just to keep my mind fresh and 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 yeah. stay on top of the sport, I do it. But oh my god, it's a it lot work? to keep track of. <laughs> yeah. We got seventeen weight classes, man. It's seventeen <laughs> weight classes. Yeah, it's just you know, it's like you know, geez, hundreds and hundreds of fighters. You know, you, you and it you, and the sport is truly global now. So, yes, I mean, there's fights happening everywhere. It's hard to. It is. It's not easy keeping track of all that. Well, I mean, the crazy thing is, too, I mean, yeah, if you are a hardcore fan and you're, and then that's that's what you like, I mean, you know, with YouTube and everything, you can actually watch a lot of these guys who you were never able to see before. Yeah. And oh, that's so, beautiful. That's yeah, a beautiful thing. That is great. That, uh, is, that is absolutely so, well, great. Well, so if Steve is, if, if Kim is, is doing the... Uh, the schedule, if he's maintaining the schedule as well, then um, they're making him earn his money. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I thought you were going to uh, say, God help us all, because... You know, like the no, God. you know, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll get up to speed. He's got big shoes to fill, but, you know... Absolutely. The, the Korean hammer is up. He's up for the, the, the task. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the fight you mentioned, though, was one I was absolutely positively looking forward to, Dubois and Joyce, because uh, to my mind, you know, I mean, I, you know, most people are picking Dubois in that fight, and I get it. I mean, he's I am. he's the younger guy. He's he's looked spectacular, you know, at times. Um, but my initial impression he of seems him, to have more talent. He seems to be the more talented, athletically speaking, of the two. Maybe. Like he's got he's fast and he's fluid, right? Right. And he's got the power and and the way he gets rid of his opponents is more eye opening. But right. Joyce has got the amateur background. Yes, he's more mature. Yes. And, um, you know, it, it's good for heavyweights to mature. A lot of heavyweights, you know, don't hit their stride until they're 30 or 31. Right. So his age is not like a, it doesn't detract. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, he's old for an up-and-comer. Yeah. But he's he's strong. Yes. Like he's he's kind of methodical. Not kind of methodical. He is methodical. Yes. A little bit on the, slow, the plotting side. I don't want to say <laughs> slow. But if. If he takes a shot, if yes. he takes a better shot than Dubois, yes, and he's able to 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 make Dubois work, that fight to me gets really interesting after five or six rounds. 
Absolutely. And, and uh, my init- yeah. my initial okay. impression of Dubois was 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 not that he has a lot of speed either. When I first saw him, I just thought he's big, he hits a ton. But you know, I, I always remember I, yeah. every time I mention Dubois, I, I tell the story. But I just remember the Klitschko's talking to the Klitschko's, um, you know, back back in the day, and and I asked them about Michael Grant, who was a top contender at the time, and they're yep. just like, ah, we spar Michael Grant. They're like, he's slow. <laughs> they, they said it like <laughs> really? that, yeah. And uh, and that's wow. that was the impression I had of Dubois a little bit was that he's slow, but most people criticize Joyce for the same thing and that he's just his hand yeah. speed is like you know, it's uh, you know just just so you know just like <laughs> like I I, I forget the memes Joyce, I forget the memes Joyce but it's really like, slow. Yes, even though Joyce seems kind of robotic, you, have you ever seen him do a backflip? Yeah, like I mean, a big dude do a backflip. You got to be athletic to do that. And I've heard he's a gym and he rat stand too. Out yeah, amateur. I mean, yes. he's got to be a good athlete, you know, to be an elite level amateur. It's like right. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm picking Dubois, um, in part because I, I know how Frank, Mal- uh, I'm sorry, not Frank Maloney, um, Frank Warren is right. Frank yeah, Warren, he's you know, very he's good like, at matching he's fighters. Been around a while, yes. and and you know, he doesn't move. He doesn't step up his fighters until he himself yes. knows they're ready or he's thinks they're ready. He's got a great eye, for sure. Um, he's, got, he's got a great eye. So I'm yes. like, well, I mean, they wouldn't take this risk if they didn't feel confident. And they're right. really confident. Yes. You know, they, they've talked real confident about this particular matchup. So, But having said that, I'm looking forward to Dubois getting tested. Yes, you know? for sure. I want to see a good fight. I think it will be. And I think... You know, even if they're only allowed to to have the O2 arena, if it does indeed land there, if they're only allowed to have it at 50 percent capacity, it's still going to be a a live, uh, very live electric atmosphere, um, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So absolutely, that's that's that's. Fun. I would say on the calendar that that would be the fight. You know, well besides Loma and Lopez. Um, that would be. The oh fight. yeah, and that's not official yet, but yeah, right. no, that's 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 definitely going to be the one, yeah. and that's one that where you know people more and more, the more people talk about it, and the longer it takes for the fight to like like actually happen, you know, um, the more people are giving the young man the benefit of the doubt or or giving him a, a legit shot, and I've heard some people talk about it like a fifty fifty fight, mm. which you know. Last year, you didn't, you know, you weren't hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting with Lomachenko like because, you know, I think, I think, you know, since the Linares fight, I think a lot of the hype has kind of come off of him a little bit because he's actually looked human. You know, he's not, yeah. he's not making he's uh, people quit. Yeah, people aren't quitting speak. anymore. He's in a bigger division. He got dropped, yeah. and I think the, I think the injury yeah. to his rotator cuff affected affected him a lot more than what sure. people what people know because i think it might it might have taken a little bit off his fastball but uh but he's still phenomenal yep. to watch i mean and and he's yeah. such such a craftsman and just so talented i mean lopez definitely oh, yeah. has his hands full with that one <laughs> yeah that's see and that's another fight where if if the young bull doesn't get the more you know the more seasoned veteran out in, in five or six rounds, that becomes really interesting um, over the next six rounds if it goes, you know, if it's a 12-round fight. Um, and, and not because I don't think that Lopez can't go the championship distance, um, 
you know, I know he's going to be in condition to do so, but when you're dealing with somebody uh, with the ring IQ of a, of a Lomachenko, what does that do? The frustration factor, like how does right. Lopez deal with that during the rounds and how does he and his father deal with that between rounds? Right. What kind of adjustments do they make? Um, we know Lomachenko can adjust. We know that Lomachenko's dad, uh, he's got Kool-Aid in his veins. I mean, he's as, <laughs> as cool as, I mean, he's not cool. He's cold. <laughs> he's cold, you know? And um, we know he's an elite level trainer. And, um, you know, we, we know that they can make adjustments. You know, we've seen that from them. Um, when we, We've seen them go more tactical. Or in the case uh, against Linares, we've seen um, Papachenko go to the whip and say, okay, right. you got to get in this dude's ass. You right. know, you got to kill this dude's body. And that's, that's exactly what he did in the late rounds against Linares after the knockdown. There was like a decision that was made. All right, this is what's got to happen. Yeah. You know, you got to stress this dude out and you're going to have to to tap that body and make something happen. And he did it. Uh, so now we'll see if, if, if Lopez can do that, if Team Lopez can make those type of adjustments. Well, we will see. Yeah, um, absolutely. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be totally shocked if Lopez clipped him early. But right, right. I don't think it's going to happen. No, no, but it's such an intriguing fight. You know, it's such, I mean, they pushed uh, Lopez really fast, and, and Lomachenko, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't seem to be Superman anymore. He's he's elite, nope. for sure, but he's not, like, untouchable. So, so yeah, just a, a, another really good fight to, to look forward to uh, in the rest of the year. So, so hey, man, well, I will let you catch uh, the, 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 the remnants of the top-ranked card, and I, I will let you go. And I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, kind of a, a mid-year recap and a look ahead to the, to the rest of 2020, Doug. And uh, take care, man. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for chatting with me. <laughs> All right, we will do this again, and you know that. It's always fun. All right, my man. Talk to you later. Later. And that will do it for another edition of the Boxing Esquire podcast presented by The Ring and RingTV.com and distributed by the Leave It in the Ring Network. I'd like to thank Doug Fisher for taking the time to speak with me. Always a pleasure to talk to Doug. Um, if you like the podcast, please leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, or wherever you access the Boxing Esquire podcast. Really appreciate it as it helps new listeners find the podcast. And also do not forget to check out my companion piece to this podcast on ringtv.com that will also feature quotes and background on my interview with Doug. And until next time, so long, everybody. Did you get what you was looking for? 